Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of The Untamed Life. It's Christine Jewell, and today I'm joined by my friend, my dear brother, Miguel Sanchez. I'm so excited about this conversation. In fact, we were just praying before this call, really inviting the Holy Spirit to come in here, take control over this conversation. And I said, we have got to just stream it live on Facebook and invite people into this conversation. And so I just want to thank you for being here. Miguel is a dear friend of mine, has become to become such a dear friend of mine. He is an international speaker, a powerhouse man, business owner, business partner, man of God, and someone who I really do trust. And I believe I can have these amazing, power-filled conversations with. And I just want to honor you as a man. And I want to thank you for being here and just holding the space and being in this conversation with me. Wow. You, you said that with so much certainty makes me, I believe it myself now. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for that introduction. It is a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to, to share uh, with the public now some of the conversations we have been uh, having uh, in the last couple of months. So uh, it's just an, an honor to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, it's so good. I know we have a very specific amount of time today. And so as we both are, we said, we're going to let this thing be totally intuitive, spirit-led. And the one thing that's really been on my heart, I really want to start, I'm just going to dive right in, is, you know, I see, so my heart is just aching, and I know your heart is aching too. Your heart is aching for humanity. Our heart is aching for the men out there, for the women out there, for the families that are being broken. And yesterday morning, <clears throat> I want to start with this, and then I want you to help me unpack it. Yesterday morning, I, I just went into my journal. And unbeknownst to me, you know, when I start journaling, sometimes the spirit takes over and I don't even know what's going to come up. And I started noticing that I had all of this anger, all of this anger mm. that had been unresolved, unexpressed, unfelt, unacknowledged, like grief that had been stored in my body for for years. Right. And I just the tears started to flow. And really, like, I just was like, I'm angry. I'm actually I'm angry and I'm full of love, but I'm angry to the point that I'm so compelled. We've got to start having bolder conversations. We've got to start addressing the root issues of what are going on inside of our homes, inside of our hearts, because, you know, I was angry at my father still about things. I was angry at my spiritual father. I was angry at myself for things and decisions that I made that I know were completely wrong. And yet there I was in the moment, just continuing to make them, even though I knew, right? Christine, don't do that. Don't do that. Right. And I was just like, I was angry at the passivity that we are holding so many mm -hmm. of us, so many men, especially. And I just want to go right into it like a sword. I got my sword back there. There's such a passivity going on in our world and the masculine, especially where I see these men hiding and not really claiming 
the territory of their home. And there's such a need, a need for these men to, to really own who they are, to step up, to lead, to hold a space for the women and, and the children and, and to be the leaders. Cause you know, as a woman, I could say like, there's such a safety and a flourishing that happens in those space. And I didn't grow up in a house like that. And so it's why I'm passionate about doing the work I do today. But I want to just dive into this topic of just what is going on with a lot of the men you see, you're in the brotherhood, you're in circles, you're talking to men, you're seeing their hearts. I want to just go right into this, like, almost like hidden anger, (laughs) these Mm -hmm. volcanic eruptions that come out, you know, talk to me about your relationship with, with anger and like your experience with it and what you see in men. And I just want to open it up there. Cause that's really, when I close my eyes, that's what I see. I see red flames of unresolved pain, unresolved, unspoken words, and just such a desire to be able to process that and not know how. You know, uh, what a freedom, right? Freedom to be able to be okay with being angry. Freedom to recognize, you know, I have these feelings, these emotions. We have been programmed, even as Christians, that we, we, we should not get mad. We should not be angry. We shouldn't have these feelings. But those are feelings that God put inside of us. Mm-hmm. And we all have that shadow. We all, we all carry that. And that is there to protect us, not to harm us. But we have been conditioned to label it as bad. Yes. That we try to avoid it. And, and we su- uh, repress that feeling, repress, suppress that emotion. So we don't let it come to the surface so we can deal with it. I remember, Christine, uh, my dad died 30-something uh, years ago, 40 years ago, 40-something. I was four years old. 45 years ago, he died. Wow. Never met him. And I had the opportunity to, uh, and that's another topic that we can get into later on. When, yeah. when, I, when I did the medicine, uh, I had the opportunity to have a conversation with my father, and I was so angry with him. I didn't even realize I was angry to, to this mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. But I was so angry, and I, I just unpacked on him, and I just went off. And, and uh, being able to own that, being able to say, you know, I am angry. You know, mm-hmm. let, let's stop this conversation because I am being triggered right now and I'm angry. Being able to say that is freedom. Yes. It doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong. It makes you in control of your emotions. And you say, at this point, I'm about to, to get triggered. So let me walk away and we'll come we'll revisit this conversation, please. Mm-hmm. Just came back from an event in, in New York City or in, in Connecticut, uh, I should say. Uh, where we guided uh, seven men into freedom, seven men into encounter. And, and I just finished meeting with them and they were saying, I lost my voice because you know, we do a lot of screaming and yelling. Yes, physically they lost their voice, but they found their inner voice. Mm-hmm. They found their purpose. They found the gift. They found their anointing, their empowerment. Mm-hmm. To move forward you know oftentimes we are so concerned about what everybody else is going to say about us yeah we are so concerned because we talk about god and we we say about god and and th- then we think well i shouldn't be mad i shouldn't be angry but we still walk in this flesh we still walk in this body and we have all we can experience all of that doesn't make you less of a man doesn't make you less of a christian doesn't make you less of a spiritual man yeah but when you learn to control yeah. those feelings and those emotions, being controlled, you own it. Yeah. When you said, I realized that I was angry. I am angry. Yeah. It makes me so proud to be and able to have this out. conversation with you. I'm sorry? 
it loses that power over us when yes. we're actually able to acknowledge it instead of become a hostage to it, I think, you know, because we try to stick our head in the sand and pretend it's not there. Or we're going to be stronger than it. And we fight the anger, but we fight it inside of our bodies. We fight it and we just push it down and push it down. But it's like a volcano that eventually it comes up. And I know yes. you have experienced this and I've experienced it. And I hear this with some of the men that's like, where did that come from? That volcano, that rage that just exploded that I didn't even know was there. It's like, you know, they're trying so hard. We're trying so hard to hold our shit together. And we have this idea of like, we're supposed to be, you yes. know, source of all things, hold everything together. And then like, we just explode. And, and then like, there's so much guilt and so much shame. And like, we just keep stacking that stuff. And I think like, we've got to give ourselves, you know, I think like owning our humanness, like you are not, yes. God. you're not a goddess. We are human beings with human bodies. We're physical vessels and we're, we are spiritual bodies and we have emotional bodies and those emotional bodies have all these <laughs> emotions that we feel and experience. And some of us are so disconnected from it and we don't honor it. And so I noticed that too, like I was very you know, I was very driven, very much like I felt abandoned by my physical father. I was angry at my physical father for leaving me. I, I started to compete with men. I started to want to dominate men. Like I was very masculine, actually, in my in my um, approach, in my essence, because I was doing my own self-preservation. Mm -hmm. all the time. I was my own source of protection. I was my own source of self-preservation. I was my own source of support, financial support. And I was like, there is no fucking way I will ever be weak or left behind right mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. that really just took such a toll on not to mention my romantic relationships because yes. you not operate like that if you're a woman inside of a relationship but I realize it's not really just an issue of mass men or women it's like we all we all struggle with this and I think especially those of us who are tend to be like hyper focused on performing and providing and protecting and doing it's like there's no room mm -hmm. for us to feel there's only room to do. <laughs> you, you know, as as you, as you make this uh, mention these things, uh, it, I can't help but to go back to that place where I was being held hostage. Yes, I want you to share that story, and I think that's such a powerful story. Let's go right into and, it. Share the story. <laughs> well, I, I um, as you know, a couple of weeks, but uh, it's been a month already. I was in Oregon. I flew into Oregon. I had a business in Oregon a couple of years ago. It went bad. It went sour after COVID, and. Uh, um, Regroup came back to Texas, but I left one of my vehicles behind with the mechanic guy, and uh, I given money, paid him to fix my car a year ago, and it's been a year, and he hasn't finished my car yet. So I flew in to show up and just say, "I, I want my car back. I want it now." My car is all taken apart in the corner, uh, full of cobwebs and all this. It's all messed up, man. And 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 I I show up. The guy looked at me like he'd seen a ghost, and he's a Christian as well. Mm -hmm. So I start to I, I rip him a new one. I said, brother, what are you doing? Yeah. If you treat a brother like that, I can only imagine how you are treating people out there. Yes. Do you know that you're a misrepresentation of God, who God is? You know that you're misrepresenting God? Don't be playing your, your worship music and then screw people. When You know, yeah. that, that makes God look really bad because you're representing him. And I just went off and he just looked at me and said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm going to fix it. Mm -hmm. So I got there, I landed, I, I flew in to pick up my car. My idea was to, drive it back to LA, visit my family and come back to Texas. My car wasn't ready. So I uh, I sat there, said, I'm not leaving until my car is, is ready. There was a couch and I sat on the couch. I said, uh, even if I have to sleep here. <laughs> I did not know this part. 
Even I have to sleep here. I will stay here until my car is done. He didn't start working on my car until 5 o'clock p.m. So uh, I'm, I'm outside talking on the phone. My phone is dying. I go inside to reload my, 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 my phone, to recharge my phone, put my, my earbuds on. And I'm, in, I'm having a conversation with somebody in L.A. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, I hear screaming and I, I hear shots. Bam, bam, bam. And I'm like, are those shots? And I see this man running to the little uh, waiting area where I'm at, shooting back. And I'm like, oh, shoot. And shooting a gun. Shoot, shooting a gun, uh, shooting at the police. And the police are shooting. And I see the bullets flying through the drywall. Oh, my Lord. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I got up and I go to the other room, which was a little kitchen area. And uh, the guy is locking. But by watching the video now, while I'm trying to hide, the guy is locking the door. So he locks himself inside this waiting area with me in there. And I'm hiding in a little uh, hole where the dishwasher usually goes. And I'm hiding there. I have a, my, my knees have been acting up badly. So I'm kneeling, I'm kneeling there, hiding and hoping that he won't see me. You're like a little kid, when you close your eyes, that yeah. uh, you think they're not gonna see you because your eyes are closed. That was me, you know. Hiding and from I, the monster. You're hiding from yes. the monster. So I'm telling the girl, I think there's a shooting. Oh my god, there's a shooting. And then I had to hang up because I didn't want him to hear me talking. And I started texting to Robert Aguilar in Texas and said, Hey, bro, I, I I'm in a situation that I may die tonight. Uh, um, just want to let you know what's going on. If you can't get a hold of the police, tell them that I'm in here. Please do not shoot. Oh, wow. And then the guy starts kicking the drywall to get to the other building. But when he kicks the drywall on, on our side, he's able to see that there's a brick wall on the other side. And he goes banana, starts throwing everything everywhere. And I'm like, oh. In my mind, I'm thinking, I had to kill this man. Yeah. But wait a minute, Miguel. Christian men don't think like that. Yeah. At that moment, I was not a Christian man. I'm a, at that moment, I was a natural man going into survival mode saying, I have to take out this motherfucker or he's going to take me out. Mm-hmm. God will justify self-defense. Yeah. Society will justify self-defense. You know, he's going back and forth between one room and the other. And I'm sitting there. And I'm peeking and I'm looking around to see where I can find either a two by four or a knife or some a, a frying pan to hit this man over the head and keep hitting until he starts moving. You know, I'm I'm just thinking, God, come on. I'm, I grew in the streets. I grew up in the streets. I, I can do this. One of those times I go to get out and my, my legs are numb. I have no legs. I've been oh. kneeling down for too long and bad knees. It's like God took out my power to defend myself. Wow. So you're totally helpless. I'm, I'm like in the corner. This guy's in there with a gun running back and forth. Back and forth. And he's talking on the phone. She has on the phone somebody on the, on the speaker saying, I'm dying tonight. I am not surrendering. You know how many years they're going to give me? I am dying tonight and I'm ready to die. He's on the phone with the police. No, he's in the phone with uh, a female, one of her, uh, one, uh, his wife or his girlfriend or whatever. He's saying, and she's saying, Robert, please surrender. Robert, no. please surrender. You don't have to go down this road. So we, we come out and, and um, well, uh, as I'm looking out to see if I, where I can find, and one of those I get to pick out, and he's coming into the room, and he, he, we lack eyes. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's he looks at me, he goes, come on, 
Come on, I'm not going to do anything to you. Just come out. Okay, good. So I get, I can barely get up. I'm holding on to the to the counter. My legs are shaking. Mm. I don't know because of the fear. I, I like to believe it's not because of the fear, but man, I almost pee my pants. I, I, <laughs> honestly, I, that's I, your I, humanness right there. <laughs> every emotion. I went through every emotion possible. But the emotional survival was there. I'm, I'm came out and I'm looking. I'm looking. I, I, I can't see anything. I said the, the, the microwave is lighting up. I can pick up the microwave and hit him in the head. I'll knock him out. As I made myself to one of the chairs, I'm thinking, God, how am I going to take this guy out? How am I going to kill him? And that's not Christian like Miguel. Yeah. Christian shouldn't think like that. Yeah. Liable put in situations. When you are cardinal, the moment I sat on that chair, Christine, I felt this peace just came over me. Mm. This peace just came over me. The guy walked over to the room. He, I don't know what he was smoking, but he had a, a, a glass pipe. And he oh. was smoking out of the glass pipe. One after another. One after another. I was like, oh, man. If this guy snaps, I have a problem in my hands. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel this peace. And uh, the, I'm, I'm talking to Robert and to this other person in LA via text. And I'm telling him, so the person in LA, she goes, I, I, got, I got a hold of the uh, 911 operator that connected me with the uh, people on, on the scene. And uh, uh, I'm speaking to the negotiators and they want to talk to you. I said, no, 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 I don't want to talk to them. Because if this guy says, give me your phone. Or he, he realized that I'm talking to the police. Forget it. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, He's talking about dying and, and I'm ready and I'm ready to die. And I said, his name was Robert. And I call him by name. Mm. I said, hey, Robert. He goes, yes. I said, you say you're ready to die? Yeah. And he goes, yes, I am. I'd rather, I'd rather die than to go to jail. Yeah. I said, well, let me tell you something. If you die tonight, where would you go? He goes, oh, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. I said, get over here. Let me pray with you. I took authority. I didn't even ask. I love it. That is reclaiming the territory. I put my, my hand over his shoulder and I began to pray. Wow. The most powerful prayer that I've ever done in my life, Christine. Wow. I can imagine. And then I said, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, yeah. come into my heart. Yeah. Please forgive me for everything that I've done. I understand that if I don't have it in my heart, I will not be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Please come into my heart. Guide me. Teach me. Show me. Show me love. And I'm going. And he's going. He breaks down and starts crying. Mm. Imagine this. You have a guy that has a hand on his hand and a pipe on the other one. And God says, tell him about my love. You're like, this is not the time. Oh, man, what, what are you talking about, man? Are you, are you kidding me? You got me messed up. You better get me out of this one. You know, and, 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 but at that moment, I said, I just, I, I was just guided. Yeah. And I began to weep and cry with this man. The sense of compassion that I felt at that very moment. It's like nothing I've ever experienced before. Mm-hmm. And in my life, I, I my prayer every morning, Christina, is let, let my life be the example to somebody else. Let my life be the guide, the light, the guide somebody else into your kingdom. Let my life's uh, style be the the um, the answer to somebody else's prayer. 
Mm-hmm. So God said, okay. Is that what you want? Yeah. Yes, God. But in my mind, I'm thinking, he's going to put me in a church where I'm going to serve. I'm going to be an usher. People are going to come in. I'm going to say, <laughs> God bless you. Jesus loves you, you know. Uh, give me some uh, food bags and gold. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And just, yeah. goes, okay. Is that what you want? Yes. Uh, bring people to my life by divine appointment. And in my head, I'm thinking divine appointment is where God is going to be sitting on one side. The person that a guy brings is going to be sitting on the other side. There's going to be rainbows and birds. and It's all going to be light and love. love. All love, right? Divine appointment. And it's about all love. Yeah. And at that very moment, God brought people by assignment. God allowed me for my lifestyle to be the, the light to somebody else. It'd be the answer. Maybe his mama would be praying for this man for, the, for years. Mm. see in my mind you use the word hostage earlier and oftentimes we hold ourselves hostage yes to the way of thinking to the hurts of the past and we are not only holding ourselves hostage but we're holding our businesses hostage we're holding our marriage hostage but the preconceived idea of who we need to be Society, even church sometimes puts this idea of who we need to be, that it makes it so unattainable to be Christians. Yeah, like we're supposed to be up on some pedestal. And it's such a superiority and virtuosity instead of being, yes. and being in the moment. And I want to go back to what you, oh man, there was so much good stuff in that story. But is I, I know it's not over. There's still no. more to the story. Yes. Let's finish the story first. And then I want to come oh. back to two things that you said, because it's so... Ah, oh, there's just so much gold. So there you are. You're awesome. praying for this man. So, so I prayed for this man and I said, okay, we have to find a, 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 a way to get out of here. I'm going to go see my family and I want you to see your kids again. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the more we take, the more time we take, the more they're getting ready to come in and, and do their thing. So we had a conversation. I told him about my story, how I came into this country and everything. And uh, you know, my power is storytelling. That, that's, that's what I teach. And people would say, there's a guy that, that teaches self-defense and one of my one of my clients. And I said, I could have taken your class on self-defense. It would not have helped me. Yeah. But I utilized my gift. My gift was telling stories. And when I tell them, the, the biggest teacher, the greatest teacher Ooh. that ever lived told stories, told parables mm-hmm. to make his point across. So I told this man's story that, that brought him down to his knees and say, I received the Lord Jesus Christ. This man, when he came, when he came into that room, uh, Christine, he was ready to die. Mm-hmm. He didn't care. He was. Just he didn't care. Not have anything. And I was ready to kill him. Yeah. God brought us together because they, they, He knew there was a need in both of us. Okay. This the version of that man that walked into that room died in that room. Mm. And I killed them with the most powerful weapon that ever existed. Not a two by four, not a knife, not a gun. The power of the love of God. Yeah. That is so, I mean, I just love so much. Hey, I just love it. I I got chills. I was crying when I saw what happened. This was, you know, a few, I guess it was in August, right? The end of August. But I was like, wow, just, it really does remind me of, you know, and I know that I've been convicted of this so much in my life. Like, oh, I need to go out and I need to be feeding the homeless and I need to be feeding the hungry and the poor. And as I was actually meditating on that verse this morning of 
being and helping the needy and the poor. What I believe that Jesus meant in that is not only is the people who are poor in their spirit, they're living from yes. that, they're living from poverty. They are desperately needing to be seen, to be loved, to be held, whether it was the woman at the well that went through fire yes. and that mm-hmm. was like desperately not physically needy. Yes, that's also a truth as well. But I think that we we kind of, you know, put these things into boxes. Like if I'm good and I'm helping people, it's like, okay, I'm giving my donation or I'm doing this thing for charity. But like, are we really showing up to serve and meet people where they are in their area of need, in their area, the holes in their heart, you know, like the the gaping wounds and like seeing them and like loving on them and and feeding their hunger, feeding their hunger for whatever that is, which is usually thirst for love you know they're just mm-hmm. thirsty to even have someone look at them in the eye and this is why i mean how many of us are still attention seeking in all the wrong ways like you know like that or whatever and it's like we're just desperate for somebody somewhere to pay attention to pay attention to love us to see us and i just i love that i wanted to bring that because you know it was a area that i was also convicted in as I listened to your story and I thought oh I'm not doing anything in the world that's meaningful and it's like yes we are and I remember as I listened to your story also hearing the whisper of the spirit say each one of you is planted I'm sending each one of you I'm sending you into the territory that I'm sending you in so that you can use your gifts and you 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 said that right Mm -hmm. so that you can use your gifts as the weapons and as the tools that help free people. And so I think like whether it's my coaching, you know, couples relationships, like men, women, you're coaching, you're walking in the coffee shop with somebody sitting at a table and they're at their kitchen room table with their kids, like wherever we are, that's our territory. You know, yes. I think we got to yes. be in there. And I love what you said about taking authority, taking authority uh, in a territory and how it looks so different yes. <laughs> than what we think taking authority means or leading by authority or leading by dictatorship. And I want to just, you know, I want to unpack that a little bit because I even, I did a men's retreat last week with Mark, Mark and I went and did a leader summit and I was having a side conversation with one of the men and he was talking about like, you know, being at home and not being able to roughhouse with his girls or play and like not really being able to feel like he can make decisions at home. And he's just sort of like, floating around the territory of his home right like not lost like not really knowing what his place is not really knowing if he can assert his decisiveness or his leadership and i i know that this is a real thing whether it's and i i mean i hear this a lot i want to come back to the home conversation too because i i see this a lot with the people that i know listen to this podcast it's like they don't have authority over their home they haven't claimed it even in their own home how are we going to claim it at you know, the conference room table with our executive team or yes. in a place like that where the, actually like the shit hits the fan outside. And I do believe it starts with like, what does it even mean to start to claim, like reclaim the territory and take authority? Mm-hmm. Well, I believe, Christine, that when we come into this world, we know who we are. Mm. Any baby that starts crying he will not stop crying until he gets what he wants. Mm. Whether it be fat, change, cozy up, or whatever. We come with that authority. I'm going to cry. I'm going to do what it takes to get what I want. And as we grow up, we get conditioned. Well, you don't do that. You shouldn't do that. And and we become conditioned and we forget who we are. Mm -hmm. 
when we come to the knowledge of our gift and we own our gift, there's authority in our gift. Therefore, we're able to stand in authority in our household. There are able, we're, we're able to stand in authority in our businesses, in our relationships. We're able to say, I will not tolerate this. Yes, I will not tolerate this anymore. I will not stand idly by. Yes, and own it. Yeah. Own it. You don't need to be rude. You don't need to be disrespectful. No. But stand in authority. Oftentimes, we don't have that authority because we are... Uh, uh, See, churches compete with one another because, well, at least I'm feeling the homeless. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, and we begin to compare each other. Well, I wish I can do what he's doing because it's working for him. That's his. You have your own unique gift. You have your own unique authority. So when you walk in authority and you can join forces with the person next to you. Mm. See, there's people that are starving spiritually. Um emotionally and you were not called to feed the homeless you were not called to to go out there and get food that's not your calling you yeah, can do it that's fine the orphanage right now that's, no, that, that's, that's not you yeah but you were called to feed and equip and empower those that are able to do that yes exactly. they will go out there and it does their heart they will go out there and, and do a lot better job than you do that you do that I think that is a key piece. What you just said is to own and fully acknowledge where our feet are planted, where God has put me in this season of my life, mm-hmm. knowing that he might send me somewhere else in the next season. Yes. Right? And wherever I am right now is a divine intersection. And I do know, as I've prayed about this, I've leaned into this. And I'm, sometimes, you know, I get ahead. I was like, okay, well, what's next, Lord? Like, what's next, God? And he's like, finish your assignment yes. where yes. I put you. You're not done yet. We're not done yet. We still have work to do. And actually the other night at 3 a.m., I think I started to say this before we jumped on the call is that I woke up in the bedroom. My husband's out of town. I woke up and I was like, I just heard it was almost it wasn't an audible voice, but the spirit speaks in a whisper that feels so right. like when, when, you know, you resonate. It said it's time to speak more boldly. I want you to bolden your message, bolden the voice, and you're going to start having the conversations you've been avoiding. And I was like, you know, and I, I thought, okay, I got it. And I tried to go back to sleep and Miguel, it would not go away. It was like, no, are you hearing what I'm saying? I thought, well, I need to get up and like pray, write about this. And then I finally ended up, I just went to sleep, like hearing that over and over on repeat. And then when I woke up, it was the first thing that hit me again. And then I was on a coaching call with my mentor and he hit me with it. And he didn't know anything about the fact that I woke up. And so I was like, okay, I'm not done yet. There's still work to do in this season where I'm at. And one of my gifts is my voice, right? So you talk about the storytelling. My ability is to pierce with my voice and to stir things up and to ask questions and probe and, and like stir things up in someone's heart. And so I was like, he's like, okay, I need you to get in there and like So I'm like, all right, let's go, you know, but I love that it's really like, who am I fully owning the assignment of where I am instead of still dreaming about the place next door with the neighbor has or the neighbor's wife or the neighbor's life or that guy or where I'm not is like, am I completing my assignment and my mission right here, right now and fully activated? And I think like once we do, then we get the new papers, we get the new calling, we get the new assignment, you know? (laughs) You know, so many people have suggested, why don't you go to the jail and visit this guy that you talked to? Why don't, I don't feel led to do that. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I deliver 
what I was asked to deliver. I know that I know that I know that God would assign another man of God in there that understands what it is to be in lockdown, that understands what it is to do the time. Mm. I don't understand any of that. Yes. You know, when, when you order food and, and let's say Uber, uh, Uber uh, Eats delivers your food, if they put onions and you don't want any onions, you're not going to complain to the Uber Eats because it's none of his business. His business was to deliver it. You call the main guy, you call, you call the restaurant. And that's the thing. When I deliver God's presence, when I deliver God's message, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And I love what you said about he meets us where we're at. He, he used you to meet that guy exactly where he was at and everything that he was feeling and gave you the heart to, to see him. And you are such a compassionate, amazing human being. And I love that. It's like, we can all, there's so much freedom in just knowing that too, that I don't have to be every step of the way for someone. I don't have to be all the things. I can just be a vessel that meets someone where they're at now and then boom, right? And that's so offering for me because I know he's going to meet me where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So he's going to use people, resources, tools, a book that jumps off the page or off the shelf. He's going to meet me where I'm at. And he's done this over and over and over again. And I just, it is truly a, the way I live my life today. And I mean, I'm still human and I falter and stuff, but it's so, there's just so much freedom in knowing. I don't have to figure it all out. I don't have to be all the things. I just get to be here now and like do what I'm called to do and let that be enough. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when you speak about being bolder and stepping out and, 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 and use your word, use, step it up. I'll share with you when, when I first went to the, uh, uh, one of the events with the next level, uh, Raul was asking, who prays every day? My hand went up. And who asked God for more power every day? Who asked God for more money every day? And <laughs> I love it, that story. It got to a point where I was the only one lifting up my hand, you know? But he, this man knows who he is and the message that he needs to deliver. He looked straight into my eye and he says, Motherfucker. <laughs> no, he, he, he asked me this first. He goes, Miguel, you pray every day? Yes. And you think God is asking, answering your, your, your prayers? I said, yes, he is. He said, let, me t- <laughs> let me tell you something. God has stopped answering you a long time ago. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about, man? I know my God. I know. So he goes on to say, you know what God is telling you? And I said, well, I don't know anymore. I thought I knew. <laughs> I thought I knew, you know. So he goes, God is looking down at you and saying, motherfucker. You come in here and ask me for the same shit every single day. You think I didn't give it to you the first time you asked for it? Why do you think I sent my son to die for you? Get up, go out there, stop being a little bitch, and be the man of God that I call you to be. Amen. <laughs> we got to walk the walk and receive it and move on, right? We got to take action. <laughs> it freaking knocked me off my horse, man. It, yeah. it, it just took me out. But he was so right. I believe that I would not have been able to do what I've done. It would not have been for that moment. Yeah. But so what I'm saying that. to you, own, what I'm saying to you, own yeah. what God is telling you to do. Own it. Be it. Walk it. Mm-hmm. He will empower every single word that you use. He will empower you to set free these men that need to be set free. Yeah. He will use your feminine energy to pierce through the heart of man and deliver the engrafted word of God that is able to set their souls free. 
you will be able to go in there and sow that seed that eventually yeah. will bring forth fruit. Mm. Many, many trees that people will be able to eat out of that fruit. Mm. Mm. And once it. you sow that seed, it's none of your business to go back and dig it out to see if it's growing. It's none of your business. Yeah. That's God's business. He's the one that's going to give the increase. Somebody else will come and water it. It's not your, it's not your job to water it. Well, on that note, I appreciate that. And so I received that. So I'm going to take it a little step further and go back to this conversation that I think is an essential piece of the conversation that I'm going to be having with more and more, more and more men that I'm working with, more and more women, more and more couples, especially inside their homes. I deal with a lot of people who have betrayal, abuse, or, you know, affairs, porn addictions, all that stuff, right? We're always chasing that that something that's <clears throat> enticing, that mysterious outlet but when you said something earlier is like when we when when we are called to reclaim the territory of our home and this was true in my own life so this is not just for men it's for women too I love what you said is we have to remember who we are we have to remember where we come from we have to know and acknowledge I think we know what our gift is but we don't acknowledge it we don't receive it fully because we're still watering it down or saying, oh, that's not enough. I need something else. I need what the guy or the woman or whatever else has. And we don't use what God gave us. You know, like for me, my energy, my voice, like those are two of my biggest gifts. And they're like the things that like attract like crazy and shake things up. We got to activate our gift. And you said, own it and bring it. But here's the other thing. I think like this has really been, I have been really deep in this is like, we have got to also shut down the portals and close the portals and the doors and the energetic and spiritual doorways that we, that get, keep giving authority to these things coming in and taking over our life, taking over. So it's, it's good to be like, I'm going to move in my gift, but we really need to get clear. Like there is a cosmic rebellion going on. There is a cosmic war going on and there is a fight. There's a fight for your heart. There's a fight for your children. There's a fight for your marriage because you know, the enemy is against creation. The enemy is against life multiplying. The enemy wants your children. The enemy wants your marriage. The enemy wants you cheating, porn, addicted to porn, disconnected from your daughters. You, the enemy wants your kids depressed. And like, I think that we are sticking our head in the sand and we are saying, yeah, I'm going to go on on my mission and my purpose, but I'm not willing to shut these doors down. Mm -hmm. And I think like the, these conversations is more than just like change your habits or stop doing this. It's like really realizing like what gates do I have wide open that keep mm -hmm. giving the enemy a front row seat and literally legal authority over my family, including any agreements or sexual like soul ties I have in the past from people I've slept with and mm -hmm. everything else. Like, I mean, I'm just going down that hole because no, 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 I hear you. Right. Because we think, oh, that didn't matter. Like, oh, that little thing, that's just a little thing. But we have unfinished business from the past that has to be. Yes. You, you know, and that is so powerful. And that, that's what some of the things that people are not willing to talk about. Special men of power, men they have authority, men they have positions. They're not willing to talk about because they have created this persona that now they have to protect. Yeah. You know, I uh, I agree with you. There, there, there's so many times that we we leave the door open, and the spirit of mystery comes and visits you every morning. That's seductive. And and comes in. Alluring spirit that comes in. The Bible says, "Do not be ignorant of the devices of Satan." Mm -hmm. And 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 he wants to come in and destroy everything that God wants to build. There's a counterfeit for everything that God has created. Yes. See, and, and uh, 
when say we, that again. Say that again. That is powerful. <laughs> there is a counterfeit for everything that God has created. And it looks so real. It looks so good. It looks so like the original. Mm. And if you, promises of power too and knowledge. Mm. Secret power, secret knowledge. Oh, yeah. They, they, they offer you just, just, like, just like the devil told uh, uh, Jesus when he came out of the, de- the, the 40 days. He goes, look at, look at all this. Mm-hmm. I'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. And he had the power to give it to him. Mm-hmm. It's it, it just like, how are you going to give me something that I already own, bro? What are you talking about? My dad owns all of this. Yeah. So, okay, so if, you, if your dad owns all of this, jump off the cliff, then your angel will save you like the Bible says. Mm-hmm. The Bible says you, you should not tempt the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we tempt him. We, we, we want to try him. We want to test him instead of going through our testing. Yes. You know, and, and, and we go into this uh, sideways to try to find that knowledge, that light, that unearned wisdom. I love that term. We got to do a whole other episode on that. Yes. That's, enough, that's our second, conver- you know, our next conversation, or maybe the third, because we got to work into that one. But unearned wisdom is a dangerous thing. So if we don't prepare ourselves to be a spiritual ready, we will fall for anything. We will fall for any counterfeit thing that the devil tried to sell us, and we buy it. And we walk around thinking that is the right thing. We walk around thinking that we have the original. Have you seen those people that carry the the the, the Louis Vuitton, uh, Louis Vuitton uh, purse that is not the original? You can see it. Yeah, it's like you're not hiding that from anyone. Everybody can smell it. But it's so funny how when we are under the spell, and it is truly a spell. Yes. Because it's a spirit of enchantment. It's that mysterious, right? It's so alluring. There's a promise of secret knowledge. Mm-hmm. When we're under this spell, we just can't see it. Mm-hmm. But other, I think other people who are definitely spiritually inclined or aware have the, the gift of discernment. Concern. Mm-hmm. Yes. Concern. And, and, and that is such an important tool to keep in our tool bag, a spiritual tool bag, the spirit of discernment. That so we, we will not be easily deceived by the devices of Satan. Because how does somebody, how does somebody, a regular man, a regular woman right now, know if they're under the spell? How do they know if they're, you know, in the counterfeit? I know we got like three minutes, so I'm going to just throw this one out before we wrap. But like, you know, and I think, I think deep down in your soul and your bones, there's a knowing. What are your thoughts? Well, definitely. I When, when, when I went through my... Um, uh, journey uh, with the medicine and being a spiritual man. I, I, well, this is just a compliment. This is something else that I yeah, need, you, you know, yeah. and it served its purpose. It served its purpose for that due time, for that, that time. But then I was able to see this is not it. Yeah. This is not the real deal. This is not the it's real not deal. God. You know, it helped me get here, but I have the divine connection. But as I continue, as we continue in our spiritual journey, the spirit gives us the scales of our eyes begin to fall like the Bible says and then we're able to see but we have to be willing to walk that walk we have to be willing to listen to what the spirit is saying and I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that it was wrong yeah same I knew it I knew it, but something I tried to adjust. Something was it. not well with my soul. Something was not right. There was so much light and mm. there was so much goodness and there was so much right and I think like he allowed me to go through that. And I was allowed to go through that. And I did receive, you know, some beautiful experiences and stuff. And then I was also like, 
really pulled out and he said, okay, that's enough. Like uh, you yes. don't need that anymore. Now you have direct access. And like, to the point where even in just the last two days, the amount of visions and yes. hearing and word. And like, I was, you know, in tears overflowing with the visions I'm receiving and the words of, you know, affirmation. It's like, we really do have this direct access, but you know, what's really been key for me is to, because I was able to go through it and because he allowed me to go through the journey and I did, you know, he met me where I was, he met me where I was. And so now it's like, I can't judge someone else where they are in the journey. If they've got all the fake Louis Vuittons and the fake car and they're slapping a Ferrari sticker and they've got the, you know, the escort or the, they need the plant medicine 24 seven, like all the time. It's like, who am I to judge? Cause each one of us is on our journey yes. at a very specific moment. And I think like, maybe we're getting met where we are. And at the same time, we're also getting called. There's a tugging, there's a yes. on our heart saying, you know what? There's something better for you. There's something better for you. There's something realer for you, more authentic. Yes. You're willing to put that thing down. You know, are you willing to put that down? Are you willing to just put that? And I remember too, just real quick, you know, with the plant medicine, I had some beautiful journeys and it was a huge part of Mark and I coming together. And I did have a lot of healing and it was a time where I was sort of just, I was kind of like seeking so much more, wanting intimacy with God. And it definitely did help. And, you know, at the same time, I remember very specifically when he was like, it's time to put that down. And it was like good, almost 18 months too, of just like, not wanting to have any other infiltration in my mind. Like I burned a whole, I got rid of like business books. I burned like bins and it wasn't just him. It was like all of this stuff that was always noise coming at me, influencing me, not to say there's anything wrong with personal development books or business books, but I had made them my little gods. I was like, I need just one more business book. I need just one more strategy. I need just one more mastermind. I need just one more plant medicine ceremony. I need just one more. And I was like, you know, you don't need any of that. Are you willing to just put that stuff down and come right to the source? And I could tell you like, man, when I did that, to your point of obeying, right? And just being guided to do something and then obey, the floodgates opened up. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's been such an amazing, amazing journey to get get to be here. I want as we wrap, I want to honor your time. We're definitely going to do some follow-up conversations around that. Definitely. Those of you who are listening, if you're loving the episode, you know, leave a review. I love to hear it connect with me on Instagram at the Christine jewel and let me know what conversations you want to hear more of. And I'm going to let Miguel share in a minute here, how you can connect with him as well. But one of the favorite things I, I hear you say all the time is for some people, our life will be the only Bible or scripture or word of God they ever read or experience. And I think that is so powerful. Right. And so like, as I let you finish with a final thought for people, you know, around their lifestyle and how they're living and how, what they're choosing, like what word of wisdom do you have for them today? Where they're you know, as you can, them? as you continue to connect, you don't have to pray for two hours. You don't have to pray for an hour. Yeah. God is looking for the honesty of your heart, the sincerity of your heart. As long as you continue to connect, you will be able to be that vessel. Mm-hmm where the anointing, the power of love of God flows through you. Mm. And uh, when you stop competing for somebody else's gift and you own your own. Woo! Stop competing for someone. That is the power that's going to flow through you. 
and you will be able to be the example, to be able the Bible that many people will ever, ever read in their in life. Because some, a lot of these people are angry with God. Yeah. A lot you of these people- You to experience God through your gift. Yes. A, a lot of these people don't know any better. And that's where the spiritual maturity comes in, what you were talking about. Don't be judgmental. Don't try to put them in a category. Don't try to uh, uh, label them right away. Just love them. Yeah. Just love them. Just love them. Just love them. Yeah. So good. And I do, I love what you just said there about like when you bring your gift and you own it, that might be the only experience. Like that is them experiencing God through you. God who Mm -hmm. is in you. Right. And who is breathing life in you. And every word you speak is, can be that. Um, pouring back into the world. So thanks so much for joining me in this conversation. I'm excited to unpack more with you, but like for people who are interested in connecting with you, like how can, how can they reach out to you? How can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, uh, Miguel Speaker, uh, Miguel Sanchez Speaker, and you can find me there. Uh, Facebook, Miguel A. Sanchez. And yeah, let's connect and let's see what's possible. Everything is possible. Yes, it's so good. I'll drop those tags in the show notes below. And um, thank you so much for being here. And you guys, thank you for being here and listening. I think these are essential conversations. I know we need to be having people are craving them. And I know even right now, my husband is at an event and we are, we prayed over the event this morning. People are so excited and grateful that we are having these conversations in our business events. Yes, Business is spiritual. At the end of the day, it's an extension of who you are as a human being and the gifts that you're pouring into your life, into your business, into your team. So um, thank you for being here, you guys. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely, leading courageously in the untamed life. Bye for now. Thank you, Christine. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.